Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Welcome to a Wednesday, May 26th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Coming up on Friday's episode, we're going to give you part one of our Ask Billy segment. We're going to have two parts, obviously. Uh, those are Twitter questions sent in for Bill Meltzer and myself, and we got so many questions, we're going to break it up into two episodes and two parts, trying to answer everybody's questions that they posted uh, on Twitter. So that's coming up on Friday. But in this episode, as you've heard in, in some recent episodes, we've been talking to a lot of the Flyers coaching staff. We've already talked to Mike Yo, Ian LaPerriere, and to Michelle Terrian. And in this episode, uh, a guy that you don't hear much from in a lot of other organizations. We've been lucky enough to be able to talk to Flyers goaltender coach Kim Dillabaugh on a few occasions. And obviously after this season, with so many question marks surrounding the Flyers goaltending and it being such an important piece of the puzzle for not only uh, future success next season, but for many years to come. And for a young goaltender like Carter Harder went through a lot of adversity this season. We're pleased to welcome him back to Flyers Daily for an all-encompassing conversation on goaltending. It is Flyers goalie coach Kim Dillaball, and he joins us now. Kim, how are you? Good, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I, I imagine, Kim, that some NHL seasons, and you've been involved, uh, you went to the top of the mountain, uh, but some NHL seasons can be a little more mentally exhausting than others, and I imagine this may have been one of those that's a little bit more mentally exhausting. Yeah, I think every NHL season comes with its challenges. Uh, obviously, you know we've had uh, you know shortened seasons in the past. Uh, this one, obviously, uh, being unique in the sense that you're you know you're dealing with uh, you know the the outside world and, and the pandemic and everything that comes along with that. So uh, definitely uh, through some new challenges our way, um, you know, and it's something obviously that. Uh, um, was a first for all of us involved, um, you know, to, to operate under unique circumstances. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be a learning experience, uh, you know, for all going forward. Kim, I, I firmly believe this, that the goaltending position is probably the most misunderstood position, not just in hockey, but in all of sport. Um, to, to me, it's one of those things. There's so many considerations when determining a goalie's level of play. Uh, how did you feel uh, about both Carter and Brian when the season began, and certainly through that first month, maybe even to the end of February, how they were playing? Yeah, you know, it, it was you know unique right out of the gates. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, with with uh, a very short training camp and no exhibition games, you know, I think for every position, obviously having um, an opportunity to kind of work out some some kinks and kind of get yourself back into. Uh, game mode and, and facing certain situations that are near impossible to replicate or duplicate in practices. So, you know, there is obviously uh, some uniqueness there uh, right out of the gates. Um, but, uh, you know, I think uh, overall uh, the start, um, you know, for both Brian and Carter was good. Um, you know, not not obviously uh, perfect by any stretch, but I, I, you know, I think if you look at their their bodies of work up until the time frame you talked about, um, you know, we had some really good performances and some performances uh, that obviously weren't up to par. So, you know, there was uh, I think from a consistency standpoint, um, there was there there was a little bit lacking on that stamp uh, from that uh, point of view, but. You know, uh, obviously, you would expect that just based on the, on the scenario and situation that we're in, and hopefully, you know, start to work out, uh, you know, some kinks and build on some things as you kind of progress through the season. And 
Um, you know, so uh, obviously with the start we had, um, you know, uh, I would I liked where they were at. I liked where they were trending. Um, and obviously we're working through some things in the, in the process there to kind of get their games uh, to the level we needed to. Kim, one of the things and one of the key traits for successful goaltenders at the highest level is they got to have that ability to, to not let what happened affect what's going to happen, right? And that's both, you know, season to season and certainly in-game. Um, did, did Carter reach kind of a tipping point where you know, some of the breakdowns in D-zone coverage and it, it, it became a little too consistent and just made that environment almost impossible to not let what has happened affect what's going to happen? Well, like you said, first off, you obviously, you know, you, you, you want to make sure you're not carrying anything forward, whether that's good or bad. That's just kind of the way our position works. Your short-term uh, memory is, is key to performing at a high level and, and making sure that uh, any past occurrence obviously isn't uh, occupying uh, your mind and taking away your focus from, from what uh, is in front of you and what is forthcoming. So, um, you know, that, that, that's a great question. I'm not sure I have a direct answer to it. As you said, you know, our position is very complex, and part of it obviously is, is reading off of, uh, you know, we're unique in the sense that we're, we're very comparable, a goaltender to a, a picture, a pitcher, um, a quarterback in the sense of the value and importance they have on, on a team's success. But the one thing that's very different that probably people don't fully understand is a quarterback has the ball in their hand, a pitcher has the ball in their hand, and they have a little bit more ability to dictate what happens when you have that control where a goaltender is on the receiving end. You're forced to read, anticipate, and then ultimately react, and you can't really control what's going on in front of you. And, you know, that's the biggest thing we tried to focus on is let's, let's you know, let's focus on the things we can control um, but obviously there is um, the read aspect where you're reading off your support, you're reading the offensive players and, and what they're doing. Um, you know, so there's a lot of variables that come into play uh, in, in terms of, of how we uh, prepare for certain situations and how we handle certain situations. So uh, you're, you're hoping for consistency in those areas. But obviously, at the end of the day, those are things we can control from, from our vantage point. We just have to make sure we're as equipped as possible to handle whatever might way. Yeah, I've actually cited this example. In one of the Boston games, Carter got beaten the first three goals, backdoor blocker for the first three goals. And then the fourth goal that Brad Marchand scored on him was short side glove. And to me, that, that was three goals all on the back door on his blocker side, and then you just lean a half inch in the NHL, and it's too unforgiving. <laughs> Those guys make you pay, right? They do. They do for sure. And, you know, and again, when you're, you know, that example's a, a great one to use in the sense where, you know, where a play like that happens maybe once, twice, and you obviously hope it doesn't happen three times. Um, but obviously that, that's something, even though we talk about not, carrying anything for it. Uh, obviously, there are trends that you pick up on um, game to game or within a game that teams are looking uh, to do and, and ways they're looking to uh, uh, score goals. So, you know, that's part of our job is to pick up on those trends. And again, there's a very fine line between anticipating and cheating. Um, you know, and sometimes if you're stepping a little bit over that line, then obviously, um, as you mentioned, you can get beat on a play. Uh, that you typically don't because instead of anticipating, you're cheating a little bit in terms of how you're setting up or how you're reading or your patience on that play. And that obviously can make you prone to 
looking at a goal. One of the key elements of this season and the condensed schedule, and it was further condensed for you guys as it was for some other teams with the COVID pause, was a lack of practice time. Kim, you guys had 19 games in 33 days, did have two days between games for that entire stretch. Um, so for a goaltender, for any player to, to go in and kind of reset, work on some of the details of the game is very difficult. Uh, can you talk about kind of with no practice time and, and that extra time that you'll get sometimes before practice to work with the goaltenders? How much does that lack of reinforcement on the technical aspects and the details kind of compound on a goalie through a period like that when you can't just, you know, work on those little details of the game? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's something we've relied on heavily in the past. and We all have our routines, whether it's a goaltender, defenseman, forward. And we all have, you know, we're creatures of habit. You know, we have uh, habits uh, that we've built over the years um, that puts us in a comfortable state to grow our game, develop our game, refine our game. And, and obviously those are things that we continue to rely on uh, uh, to, to play at a high level on a consistent basis. So, <clears throat> you know, that was, you know, obviously something that was unique in, in, in this year in the sense of how compact our schedule was. Obviously leading up to uh, our, our kind of break there, our COVID break that we had, and then the schedule had to get readjusted, and, and uh, obviously that took away some probably planned practice days. So, you know, we tried to find different avenues uh, um, to make up for that lack of practice time. And looking back, there's some some things I would definitely try to do a little bit differently. Um, you know, but again, when you're you're facing a situation that is unique in a sense in terms of um, you know what we were. Uh, presented with with schedule uh, and you're trying to make decisions on the fly and then when things get adjusted you're trying to recalibrate and, and maybe adjust things to um, you know to get a, a better plan in place so um, I'm a big proponent of, of practice and how you conduct and, and create habits and practice in the detail so it makes for a very seamless transition um, you know, you practice how you play. So, you know, the carry over to a game, there's no light switch you have to turn on uh, to get ready for a game. It's just you bring whatever you've built in practice to games. And if you do it the right way, um, you know, it should make that transition very seamless. So there was definitely some challenges that way. But uh, again, that's, that's something that we're all faced to or forced to uh, adapt and, and adjust to. And, and again, looking back from my standpoint, you know, you're always looking at things you could do differently and better. And, and um, you know, obviously that self-reflection and review, you go through that process and 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 find ways to uh, look back and, and, and hopefully learn to make better decisions in the future. Uh, Kim, success at the NF- NHL level, pro sports really, uh, is never, it's very rarely a straight line for, you know, guys like Connor McDavid, but uh, but rarely is it for ordinary humans per se. And Carter uh, faced a lot of adversity. There's this notion that he's never faced adversity in his life. I, I, I find that hard to believe, but uh, especially playing the position that he plays. But how did he, you know, how players deal with that adversity is really what's key. It's, you know, Carter faced a lot of it this year at the pro level on, on a large stage. How did he handle it in season? How did he use that adversity, you know, this offseason really to motivate him and, and use it as fuel going forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, probably to answer the first part of your question, I'm, obviously I haven't known Carter his entire life uh, since we drafted him. That's when I started to get to know him and, and, and uh, you know, get to a better feel for him as a person and, and, you know, obviously a better handle on how he plays the game. 
Um, you know, but I, I do remember him mentioning something along the lines, you know, before he, he, uh, he played junior in Everett that, you know, he tried out for, I don't know if it was a triple A team and, and, you know, yeah. didn't end up making it was forced to go back and, and, and play uh, at a lower tier than he had expected to. And, you know, uh, just, you know, that there in itself obviously is, is a bit of adversity that you got to face at a young age. And obviously it sounded like he used that as a motivating tool to, you know, basically show everyone you made the wrong decision and I'll persevere and I'll, I'll find a way through this and become better for it. So I think we've all faced adversity in, in our lives and, you know, whether it's in sports or in some other uh, avenue. But, you know, I, I think the, you know, the big thing when you do face adversity is, is finding a way to, it's never fun to go through at the time, but obviously finding a way to reflect and look back uh, at why things went the way they did and, and making sure you can learn uh, from those experiences, pull the right things, and not just kind of sweep it away and say, okay, that was, uh, you know, that was a, a bad, um, you know, a bad play or a bad goal or whatever it might be. It's, you know, you, you, it's, it's like reflecting on your game the day after you look at some things you could do a little bit better and find a way to grow. And, and then it's time to move forward from it and focus on the next task at hand. But, you know, with Carter, I, he, he's always motivated. I don't think he needs anything uh, to happen for him to be motivated. He's, he's a very dedicated uh, young man to his craft, both on and off the ice. He's always finding ways to try and get better and move his game forward. Um, so I don't think he needs any additional motivation. And even this year, it was, there's always, it's always a work in motion where you're trying to find ways to get better and, uh, and push ahead. And, and that never changed. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, from a professional standpoint, this might be the first time since he turned uh, pro uh, that he actually faced a, a longer period of adversity and you know it's something obviously in a unique environment that um, poses unique challenges so um, you know again I think it's just finding the right things from that adversity uh, to learn from and become better and, and in the future uh, he's going to face different uh, adversity and new challenges and obstacles that are going to come up and you know again I think if you uh, take the right things from it. Uh, it's going to help you obviously manage those situations better in the future. Uh, I love that in his, uh, you know, postseason availability, he mentioned that, you know, it was tough going home by yourself and, you know, you get into your own thoughts and there wasn't a lot of camaraderie like a normal season with the NHL protocols and the pandemic. And I love that he kind of, you know, articulated that when he, when he blew up his stick on the net, I think it was after a Boston game, now, every goalie's done that, Kim. I know you've done it. I've done it. Um, I probably did it a couple of weeks ago. It, it's a, but a very public display of frustration. Um, is that, was that a sign that maybe he was in a different place mentally uh, for you? I mean, I, I, no. I, I mean, I, again, it's something that obviously, um, you know, a lot of people witness that they haven't witnessed before from him. But, you know, I think any athlete has frustration at some point where you either don't, you're not having the success that you have in the past or you just don't feel comfortable with maybe where your game's at, whatever the case may be to, to, you know, build that frustration up. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, everyone hits that boiling point. Uh, it, for me, it's more about how you respond after it and yeah. making sure it doesn't carry over and it's not something that uh, is detrimental to your game. And I don't think that was the case. If I remember correctly, after that game in Boston, 
that you're referring to. I, I believe we played back-to-back games against New Jersey. Brian played the first game. Carter played the second game and won 3-1 and played a pretty sound game. So, you know, obviously if it snowballs and it, and it, and it becomes – uh, something that is taking away from his ability to perform, then obviously it's something that um, needs to be talked about and addressed. Uh, but obviously that wasn't the case. So um, again, you know, it, it, some things that's we're all human at the end of the day. And, and you know, sometimes we, uh, we respond or react in ways that at the time, um, you know, felt right. Uh, maybe looking back, you look and say, maybe I could have handled it differently. Um, but you know, again, we're all human and, and, you know, uh, you know, we make decisions at times that, um, you know, again, and once you reflect on, you think maybe you could have, uh, you know, you could have handled it a little bit differently. Um, but that's life. As good as he is, as a technical goaltender and the technical elements of his game, he's not a great stick breaker. <laughs> he had to give it a couple <laughs> I, good, I was never good a hacks. Great, I, yeah, I was never a good stick break. I'd probably be still be swinging at that post, and it probably won't be broken yet. So, um, yeah, so he's still a little ahead of I, uh, where I was back in the day. Uh, when he took it, when you guys kind of paused and took a step back, and and Av said, you know, we're going to give him some practice time, and you guys really worked on a lot of stuff, and and could you know take that practice time that you guys were missing for so long. Uh, what, what elements do you work on in that? Do you kind of just go back to foundational things in his game? Uh, and, and how much of that was also kind of just resetting mentally? I know there was a lot of times where you guys were just on the ice and just talking um, as, as you were going through, you know, some of the things that you like to do with the goaltenders. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, a lot of the stuff we work on, we try to keep in-house, and, and, and those are things that, you know, it's kind of dialogue between, you know, between him and I in terms of, of you know, what, uh, you know, what we want to tackle, where we feel we're at, and kind of what our avenue going forward is. So, um, you know, but in, in general terms, it, it, it was just, you know, it was just kind of maybe clearing things out a little bit, um, having an environment to kind of focus on a few things in a more detailed fashion, and, you know, taking advantage of that time. And, and as we talked about earlier, you know, we're accustomed to having, uh, time set aside where we can work on on things in, in a more specific nature and you know have uh, the environment to do so where we can slow things down and not have to kind of rush through and we can be a little bit more thoughtful and methodical in how we want to do things and make any necessary adjustments or corrections that we need to but um, you know again it was just getting back and working on a little bit of technical uh, having a little bit of technical focus, having a little bit of tactical focus, a little bit of competitive focus. So it wasn't one or two things, you know, and we weren't reinventing the wheel uh, at the end of the day. You know, we all know what, what Carter's capable of doing. He's shown it time and time again, um, you know, the quality of goaltender that he is and, and what he's been able to do for us at this level since he arrived. So you know, we didn't need to, to reprogram uh, Carter, uh, we just need to get him feeling good about what he brings to the table and just getting some repetition to kind of reinforce some things and, and um, get back to work. Uh, given the history of goaltending here in Philadelphia, you know about it, Kim. Everybody does. Uh, fans are a bit, you know, should I say fatalistic when it comes to goaltenders and if they struggle at any point, even, you know, in a game <laughs> at this point. But you know Carter very well. You've known him since he's turned pro and, and since he was drafted by the Flyers. You know his makeup, his work ethic, his skill set. How confident are you in his ability to rebound provided also that his environment is improved as well? I have no worries. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've believed in Carter since the day we drafted him. Um, you know, I trust in what he brings to the table. Uh, I know our, our franchise uh, from uh, the top down um, has uh, the same level of confidence now that they've always had. And, um, you know, so I have no worries. I know um, what he's, he's going to bring and what he does bring on a daily basis. Um, and like we mentioned, you know, uh, I can't speak to the history. I, I know the history uh, in terms of uh, the goaltender uh, position here in Philadelphia. Uh, and obviously it's, it's, you know, something that obviously when Carter came on the scene, it was an exciting time for everybody. And, um, you know, a young player coming in at any position and having success should be exciting for City and its fans. And, um, you know, again, it's, you know, it's a situation where there's adversity, there's challenges. And at the end of the day, too, my job's to look at, at the full body of work from start to finish. And, you know, again, it's a results-orientated business. Numbers play a big part in how we determine uh, how uh, players uh, perform. Um, but again, as coaches, you have to look at uh, a player's full body of work and, you know, mixed in there, obviously there's there's good, there's bad, and there's areas that need to improve. And, and that's how I've always approached things with, with Carter and, and make him understand, he, you know, yeah, we didn't get the result or we didn't perform at the level, but let's not overlook the real good things that are solid and, and, and uh, exactly where we want them to be in your game. And, okay, here's some areas that obviously we need to get a little bit more fo- focus and attention to detail. So, um, you know, again, Carter's got a track record uh, in terms of what he invests in, in himself, both on and off the ice. And he's going to continue to do that and prepare himself to come back and have a really good season for us next year. I love the way he's always handled that that question from media members. Is that the, the history here has nothing to do with me? That's what he says. Uh, he, that has nothing to do with him. So uh, I don't know. Some people I know it's a it's a kind of low hanging fruit thing uh, when it comes to the goaltender <laughs> position, but uh, it has nothing to do with him. Um, let, let me ask you about working with Brian Elliott because you had a chance to work with him for for four years. Now he may be a quiet guy off the ice, but he is total pro. Um, I had just I had a great time covering him and being able to talk to him over over the years that he was here. Talk about a guy that's had to make some stylistic changes from his days at Wisconsin and, and how long he's been in the league. What's it been like working with Musa for you over the over the four years? It's been good. You know what? You know, I, I through my time in in LA. To be honest with you, I, I didn't have an opportunity to work with more established veterans, you know, through our transition time in, in L.A. I mean, you know, initially we had Dan Cloutier there, who I'd, I'd worked with uh, in summers uh, and doing some consulting work. Um, you know, so I had some experience working, you know, with some veterans in a consulting or uh, type of environment, but obviously in a, in a teamed environment. Uh, most of the goaltenders I worked with uh, through my time in L.A. were all, um, you know, young goaltenders coming up uh, and more uh, focused on the development process. And, you know, Moose coming in, uh, I think he was 32 at the time that he joined our organization and obviously had uh, very strong credentials, uh, been in the league a long time, kind of was established in terms of how he played the game. So you're not, like you said, you know, you have to evolve your game and you have to constantly look for ways um, to become better until you're stopping every puck that comes your way. There's work to be done. So uh, Brian's always had an open mind in terms of um, if there's something there that he feels or that we feel can have a, a positive impact on helping him do his job better, then he's he's definitely 
on board with that and wants to investigate it and, and work on it to see if it's something that he can uh, instill in his game. So I think for, from my standpoint, the biggest thing is having a veteran come in who works and competes as hard as he does, but still willing to, um, you know, try different things and adjust certain things in his game um, to become better at, at, at his craft. Uh, there's a lot of veterans out there that once they get to that stage of their career, they're, they're just like, that's it. That's how I play. That's what got me here. And I'm going to yep. continue to do that. But I think the ones that have some more longevity in the game, have an open mind, have a willingness to try different things. Uh, but again, it has to make sense. You can't just simply come in and say, I want to adjust your stance uh, and not have any reason or logic behind it. You have to give these guys a, a reason and an understanding of how an adjustment or change is going to have a positive impact on their game. Just change for the simple, you know, for the simple fact of changing uh, doesn't help anybody. So, um, you know, he's a guy that, that always brings a consistent work ethic and competitive level to the ice. And um, again, when you have that, that, uh, veteran player who's who's still willing to try new things and adapt and adjust um that gives you a, a pretty good blend there uh, in terms of an individual to work with boy one thing that never changes is how wide his stance is and the I'm, I'm astounded at the explosiveness that he can get being that wide <laughs> it's it's incredible <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it is you know you're seeing more and more guys go to a, a more narrow setup and obviously there's a lot of value to that and, and obviously the mobility aspect, keeping your edges a little bit more underneath you. Um, but again, you know, that's until we got to a point where, you know, he was really having difficulty with that setup and, and just using that as an example in terms of the width that he plays uh, with or sets up with in his stance. You know, it's, you know, again, we're not changing things for the sake of changing if he's having trouble um, handling a certain situation, then obviously we can look at it collectively and say, this might be why, um, you know, here's a, a solution that we could maybe investigate uh, and then go from there. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's played like that his, his whole career, uh, had success with it. Um, so, you know, obviously there's certain things, too, that you just want to make sure you're leaving alone and making sure it's strong and, and solid in his game. Um, but, again, not making changes unnecessarily. Has for you as a goalie coach, you know, there's trends and like you just said, um, you know, a little bit more narrow of a stance trying to maybe, you know, beat plays on your skates a little bit more. You coach Jonathan Quick and he kind of revolutionized the the art of playing on your knees and his not many guys are explosive as him. I, I don't think ever. But, you know, there there is a little bit more emphasis of holding your edges now it is. Is that something that you're seeing around the league and, and how you kind of evaluate the position? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think the game obviously now, I mean, obviously playoff hockey, um, you know, does change things a little bit in terms of how teams adjust and adapt. But I, I think just in general, you're seeing uh, our game uh, really go to a speed, quickness and skill format. And not to say the physicality side won't always be a part and, and getting uh, bodies to the front of the net and, and scoring greasy, ugly goals. But, you know, you, you see the amount of opportunities teams create off the rush with five, you know, getting five guys up the ice. Um, you're seeing more pucks moving laterally and, and the skill and ability to be able to do that. So you've got a game that's extremely fast, that's more east-west, um, you know, so that, that's more puck movement where that's forcing goaltenders to move laterally. And, 
you know, even on uh, rush situations, the same thing, you know, typically those pucks are moving laterally, they might be dropped back, but then, uh, then they're moved laterally on a, say a delay play with a late entry, you hit the second wave coming in, then that puck moves laterally, then moves laterally again. So I think you're seeing more, not, not just one pass, then shot, you're seeing pass, pass, possible another passing shot. And obviously from a checking standpoint, you don't want to allow that to happen, but uh, sometimes that's just way, the way plays unfold. So being more patient, holding your edges, being able to compensate for that type of puck movement obviously is critical. Uh, and you never want to be chasing the play. You know, we always encourage our guys, you want to, you know, you want to stay ahead of the play. You want to lead the play. Um, if you're chasing the play and being behind, it's hard to read and anticipate because you're just trying to catch up. Yeah, the beat, the beat the pass, and it, that changes your depth as well with all this east-west passing. I mean, to get there, you want to have a little bit less real estate, and, and that certainly changes the depth. And You know, you would think that smaller goalies, that wouldn't be an advantage, but you've seen a couple in Soros and Velkovich, two under-six-foot guys, Kim, having success. We love that as the shorter guys. <laughs> we do, we do, yeah. I'm not sure that that's um, setting the table for a comeback from this guy, but <laughs> you know what? It's nice to see. Uh, you know, I mean, they're they're great athletes. They're great goaltenders, and you know, again, it's just you watch the the balance and and blend they bring to their game. And we all know size is important, but you know, you when you have elite tendencies in other areas, obviously that can can compensate for guys that maybe are a little bit uh, what we classify nowadays as as smaller uh, to be successful. And, and you're witnessing it with with the two guys that you just mentioned. Would you have been a more successful goal? You played the WHL. You played for the Chilliwack Chiefs in the, in the BCHL. Uh, had you had the rotating pads and the ability to slide back then? Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> it wouldn't have done me any any good whatsoever. But, um, yeah, I, I wish I could I, I could lie to you, but I, I just uh, I can't do it with a straight face, even though you can't see me. So I'm just going to be uh, honest and say nope. Yeah, the, it, the old deer hair pads did not slide very well. <laughs> they did not no no i used to have an old pair of jofa pads and, and you used to put the oil on to try and soften them up a little bit and um yeah they were like suction cups to the ice there so once you got down it was hard to get back up but uh you yeah, know times have changed and, <laughs> yes yeah uh last thing for you um if brian elliott's not to return um when you look at somebody to play along with carter is the veteran kind of uh, backup that maybe he's been a starter before that's kind of in that age where when Moose got here at 32, uh, the the right route, or is it a younger guy and, and basically, you know, push each other, whoever's playing better is going to get the blue paint and get the crease. Well, I, I, I think at the end of the day, you, you want whoever's going to give you the best opportunity to come and win hockey games. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Um, there's value in both, you know, to, you know, obviously veterans bring a unique, um, you know, something unique to the table and obviously someone that doesn't have as much experience does as well. So uh, it's just about having uh, somebody that can come in and perform at a high level, be consistent, uh, and give us a best, the best opportunity on a nightly basis to win hockey games. That, that's what our goaltender's job is every night, is to go out and give us an opportunity to win games, sometimes be the difference and steal us a game. Um, but, you know, obviously the consistency side is, is critical uh, with our position. And, you know, to me, that, that's kind of the, the biggest thing I look for is, is what, you know, what individual would bring uh, that consistency to the table on a daily basis is that's going to give us an opportunity to win hockey games. 
it's about the known knowing what you're going to get that there's there's a comfort feeling in that for sure yeah, um, for sure there is yep. yeah uh, kim i love talking to you, you know that um and uh, I, I know that it's been a challenging year for you and uh, like you i have no worries about carter because we know this kid's makeup and we know that he's gonna you know put in the work and, and bounce back and, and be a really good nhl goaltender uh, as soon as next year. We can't wait for next year to start. I know people are chomping at the bit already. Uh, we appreciate the time as always. Have a great summer, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jason. You too. Take care. Thanks to Kim Dillaball for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. You know that I love the the conversations with goalie coaches and goaltenders, and the insight that uh, Kim provided it w- was great, and I hope that everybody enjoyed it and uh, found it uh, very enlightening and eye-opening because it is a, a lot of it felt that way to me. And then, like I said to Kim in the beginning of the of the conversation, I think that goaltending in hockey is one of the, the most misunderstood positions in all of sport. And uh, I hope that uh, that certainly was revealing and uh, helped people understand a little bit about what the goalie goes through and what a professional goalie goes through as well, especially at a young age. So thanks to Kim for joining us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back Friday again, part one of Ask Billy coming up on Friday's episode. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on Friday's Fires. I really love you, baby.